Welcome to the Courage of a Leader podcast. Today, you will have the pleasure of hearing from Orville Ray Wilson, someone who has a vast amount of experience in marketing and leadership. And today, you'll hear us as we translate his lessons learned from leading a volunteer orchestra into valuable guidance for leaders who are working to influence across their organizations without direct authority. Get ready to want to immediately apply what Orville Ray has to share. Welcome to the Courage of a Leader podcast. This is where you hear real-life stories of top leaders achieving extraordinary results, and you get practical advice and techniques you can immediately apply for your own success. This is where you will get inspired and take bold, courageous action. I'm so glad you can join us. I'm your host, Amy Riley. Now, are you ready to step into the full power of your leadership and achieve the results you care about most? Let's ignite the courage of a leader. Orville Ray, thank you for being here today. You mentor experts and authors and leaders in a variety of ways to achieve a variety of outcomes. And today we decided we were gonna talk about the experience that you've had in leading a group of volunteers. Mm -hmm. Uh, The folks that are in the big band called the Flatirons Jazz Orchestra. And we wanted to talk about that because we thought listeners could glean some important lessons learned, some techniques of how we influence without authority here you're influencing, you're leading a group of volunteers. So first of all, tell us about the Flatirons Jazz Orchestra. I started playing drums when I was in high school and and then I spent 30 years on the international circuit as a professional speaker. Yeah. And uh, but I always, you know, I always played music on the side as a side hustle. I was in a community band here in Boulder. And uh, I, I played with them for several years. But in uh, 2014, I was helping a neighbor fix his roof yeah. and took a very nasty fall, broke my back, broke most of the bones in my left foot, broke my leg, broke my arm real bad. The three surgeries to put my arm back together. You see the scars, yeah. And, uh, and the surgeon said that because of the damage to the nerves in here, that, that these are the muscles that move your fingers. Yep. We're all up in here and uh, near the elbow. And the, the doctor said, uh, you know, you, you, my left hand was, was very badly paralyzed. And she said, no, you will probably never hold a drumstick again. Ah, you told me about that accident. I didn't know you were told you'd never be able to hold a drumstick again. Yeah. Well, just, yeah. Don't, don't tell me what I can do. So, you know, I got into PT and got busy and got really serious about, about playing drums again. And a friend of mine invited me to help him host a jam session at uh, this nightclub. And uh, so we did that for a while and accumulated this list of musicians. In the meanwhile, uh, things that in the community band were going from bad to worse. I just got so frustrated with them. So we 
the, the, yeah. the bass player and the guitar player and I decided to start our own project. Okay. And so in 2015, we founded the Flatirons Jazz Orchestra with the intention of being a professional working uh, big band. We're a traditional 18-piece instrumentation, five saxes, four trumpets, four trombones, piano, bass, guitar, drums, and one of the best singers in the state, Deborah Stafford. Uh, she's just recently won the uh, Colorado Blues Society Challenge for the third year in a row, was the finalist, went to Memphis. One of these days, he's going to get a recording contract and he'll never speak to us again. <laughs> but these, these people are, are just so, they're, they're just so amazingly talented. And we're now in our ninth year. Oh, and we we play in regular rotation at all of the big, any room big enough to hold a band that size, we, we'll play there. Uh, we have a regular standing gig at a nightclub in, uh, uh, in town that has us on the second Sunday of every month. Uh, and then we do weddings and receptions and jazz festivals. And we're doing a big concert in Winter Park in the same stage as the Winter Park Jazz Festival coming up in July. So it's, uh, it's, it's been a really, a, a really exciting and, and, and very rewarding project for me musically. But it's also been a, a laboratory for leadership. Yeah. Which brings us to your topic because you know, with 18 mouths to feed, we can't, everybody's lucky to get gas money, you, even though the venues are pretty generous with us. But, you know, we were going up against, you know, a four-piece rock and roll band and yeah. <laughs> doing Beatles covers. And, and so the economics of it just uh, just don't quite work out. And, I, 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 you know, every Sunday afternoon when we get together for rehearsal, I just, you know, I open every, every rehearsal with, a, a, you know, a profound thanks of, of all, you know, here you are, a perfectly, perfectly sunny, beautiful afternoon in Colorado. You could be doing anything else, and here you are. And I'm grateful. Thank you. In this, in uh, thank you for that, for, for being part of that. So yeah. I, I suppose the question on the table is, how do you create an organizational culture where you have a, a certain level of of uh, a discipline and accountability and no formal authority. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. all, they're all in effect volunteers. Yeah. I definitely wanted to get into when you, when you're bringing new members on board, when you grew that from the original three founders to the 18 members that you now have, how did you invite folks? How did you explain the opportunity, but also ask for the commitment? Well, a couple of things. One, I, I mentioned this this uh, open stage that we hosted, and so we had a, a notebook for people to sign in who wanted to come up and play. Oh. And so when we decided to form FJO, we we took that notebook and you know started calling everybody up. So listen, uh, you you play saxophone. We're doing this big band project. You want to play big band? And on the fourteenth of January of twenty fifteen, we had uh, sixteen people show up at a rehearsal hall to learn what this is all about. A, a dear friend of mine, a, a, a fellow professional speaker, he was also the music director for the U.S. Air Force Academy, a band program for a couple of decades, retired from that. He gave me a great piece of advice. He said, it's all about the book. Okay. You know, me, meaning the music. So, ah. uh, so we were, we were very careful. We, we gave a lot of thought to the book 
And so that gave us a great kind of jumping off point. And so we decided to constrain our time zone to the, you know, from mid 1930s to about the early 1950s, that what, what, what's known in jazz as the swing era. Okay. And uh, artists like Duke Ellington and Count Basie, Ella Fitzgerald, uh, Frank Sinatra, and, and with a focus on dance music. Okay. Because, you know, with my uh, background in marketing, um, I, I helped write the books on guerrilla marketing. Yep. And so we knew that if, if we, as long as we could get people to show up for dances, that we would always have gigs. Uh, that that would be our focus. So we constrained, we started with this very large book, narrowed it down to this particular time range, narrowed it further. So, you know, we played dance, big band dance music. And and then over the years, the, the band has evolved to we do more concert pieces, starting with the book. And then within that, another layer, which is, you know, we shall play no songs that suck. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, there's a, there's a lot of bad starts out there. You know, bad transcriptions. You know, the the real book, you know, the classic American songbook, is notorious for mistranscriptions, bad chord measures missing. You know, so so that was the next. Okay, we will play no charts that suck. And sometimes we'll pull up a new chart and we'll run through it once, and we look at each other and go, "This arrangement sucks." <laughs> okay, delete. <laughs> next. That's not us. Okay, I, I love this Orville Ray, and I know we wanted to be translating your experience of leading this orchestra to leaders, even individual contributors inside of an mm -hmm. organization who are trying to influence others. We're all in matrixed organizations right now, and they might not be a direct report of ours, right? Yet we're trying to influence mm -hmm. their work in some ways. I've heard a couple of pieces of guidance, if you will, from what you've shared already. You talked about the open stage, right? Like ways that you invite people in, let them know about your team or your work or this project or this initiative uh, that's coming their way, right? Give them a way to say that they're interested or this would be the piece that they'd be more most interested mm -hmm. in learning more about or contributing to. Um, I love that you were clear about who you were. You, we, a lot of managers, a lot of businesses, just, I, they, you ask the employees, you know, well, what, yeah, what do you do? What, what do you sell? I don't know. I, you know, I just, yeah. you know, work in, in the, the warehouse. I, I have no idea. Yeah. And I'm reminded of that, that cliche story about the stonemason. You know, he's asking, oh, what are you doing? He's, well, I'm cutting a piece of stone. And they asked another guy on the job site, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm building a wall. And he asked another guy, he said, what are you doing? He says, I'm building a cathedral. <laughs> and he asked the fourth guy, he says, what are, you, what are you doing? He says, I'm getting closer to God with every stroke of my hammer. The purpose. The and so purpose, being, right? really having not just, uh, not just being clear about it, but having boundaries around it. What business are we in? What do we do? What do we always do? Yeah. What do we never do? Who are we doing it for? Mm -hmm. You know, where do we find those people? And then one of the things we did is we went to dance clubs and we asked the dancers, right. uh, help us make a list of just songs you like to dance to. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ask your ultimate customers yeah. what they're going right. to want. So, right. So we, we, had, we had an enthusiastic audience from the beginning. Nice. And so as a musician, the worst thing that you can do is show up and play to an empty room. Yeah. 
So a, a lot of what makes this organization attractive is that everyone's clear what we're up to and they all want to be a part of that. That's great. That's great. You want to go play wanna... Grateful Dead covers? Yeah, knock yourself out. But this is what this is what we do. And no, you're either, you either you want either that's what you want or you're in the wrong place. That's all. Yeah. No, a couple great. Like Jim Collins said, get the right people on the bus. Yeah. And then you got to tell them what kind of bus it is. We wrote a manifesto, maybe a one-page word document. Nice. That basically spelled out. You know, this is the mission. You know, these are the expectations. Uh, some ground rules. If you show up late for a gig, you will be sent home, period. No questions. Mm. Uh-huh. You're expected to be there 30 minutes before sound check, dressed and ready. No noodling. This is when people you know, noodle around on their horn playing in between songs or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. High school kids do that. Professional bands never noodle. I didn't know that. The, the, I learned that. <laughs> if you hear something, you say something. Nice. We're very different in that when we set up to rehearse, we put the band in a square with the trombones on one side and the trumpets and then the saxophones and the oh, rhythm okay. section. Yeah. Everybody, the singers in the middle, everybody faces each other. Oh. And so there's no place to hide. Ah. And if you make a mistake, somebody's going to hear it. You know, and I'm not going to tell you how to play the saxophone. I don't play the saxophone. I can barely play the drum set. But, but there's something going on in measure 63. Can we take a look at that? Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, so, so everybody's got the same number of ears. And if it ain't right, you know, please speak up. And it's always about the music and it's never personal. You're not allowed to say, Gary, you keep screwing up that solo. You're not, you know, you're not allowed to ding anyone. Yeah. And uh, so we get a lot of great crosstalk and suggestions. What astonishes me about that environment is it also creates a lot of chatter, a lot of 40% of a person's motivation for participating in volunteer activities like this is social. Okay. And so you have to give them time to chat among themselves. Somebody wants to tell a story. Somebody wants to share a joke. Mm-hmm. You've got to make room for that. You can't be all business, all let's work, work, work. i got to get this done. we got to get ready for the show. There's, there's, there's got to be room for that kind of, of, you know, off, off mission communication. Yeah. And I know a rehearsal is going really well when I hear a lot of laughter. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. We, we totally train wreck an ending or something or half the band misses the, the coda to go back to the whatever. And it, it totally blows up and everybody's like, Oh, we really, but all right, let's go from the top two, three. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna bring I was gonna bring yeah. up humor earlier when when you have the mom, we shall we shall play no songs that suck, <laughs> right? right? Which also underscores being really clear about what you do and what you don't do. And since then, you've also said that you went out and asked your customers. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's guidance for everybody, whether those are external customers or internal folks that you're gonna serve with this project or this work. Right. Mm-hmm. Ask folks what they need, what's going to be most important to them. I love this one pager. Mm-hmm. You might not call it a manifesto for your initiative, but folks that are going to play significant roles, what are the expectations? What are right. the rules of engagement? How is it going to operate? What are your ways of working together? Love this about um, creating the square and everybody facing each other. And translating that to the workplace, 
how do we create visibility of what everybody's working on, right? Do we have shared folders? Do we have shared mural boards, right? Where we're working and we're crafting. How do you- create- Well, even on a bigger scale than that, look at Apple's new headquarters. Yeah. It's literally a, it's a rig. Yeah, how do we see each other? How do we create that crosstalk? Get suggestions going back and forth. Have that forum where it's like, bring your issues. Or, you know, what are you looking to accomplish in the next phase? Let's have everybody throw their ideas in. Well, we also encourage people to bring your music. You know, if there's a a something you'd like to do, Ah. suggest it. You know, I'll go find the chart. You know, we'll go buy it if we have to. Uh, We just, we had a suggestion from one of the trumpet players who said, you know, we could feature the trombones. There's this piece called, uh, that Stan Kenton did. It's called But Beautiful. And oh. it was never a hit, but it is so pretty. Uh. We should try it. And the first time we played through it, the trombones, these big fat horns yeah. in four-part harmony, has this just, oh my, it just brought me to tears the first time I heard it. It was beautiful. It really is, but it's really beautiful, a beautiful piece of music. And so we, you know, as we put it in the lineup, the alto saxophone came, you know, came to us said, oh, I found this chart and it's outside of our time zone, but it kind of fits our style and it features the first alto and I'd like to play it. Can I, can I, can I, can I? And so we did. Uh, I really try to hold open space for that. Lovely. Lovely, right? So asking team members, what do you want to contribute? Uh, where do you see us taking this? What skills and interests do you want to explore inside mm-hmm. of the work that we're doing? All right, Or- Orville Ray, let me tell our listeners a little bit more about you. Uh, Orville <laughs> Ray. Must be. What? Must be. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, go ahead. It'll, it'll only take a moment. Uh, Orville Ray Wilson, my guest on the podcast today, is co-author of six of the legendary guerrilla marketing books, which is translated into 63 languages and more than 25 million books are in print. For more than 40 years, he has been traveling around the world, helping people just like you learn to get the edge you need to win in today's competitive market. He's spoken in more than a thousand cities in 47 countries and on every continent except Antarctica. In an international internet poll, Orville Ray has been voted one of the world's top five sales and marketing speakers a record five years straight. As an executive speech coach, he helps professionals discover, develop, and deliver their unique message to the world. I'm so delighted to have you on the Courage of a Leader podcast today, Orville Ray. Well, thank you. I want to meet this guy. He sounds. He, sounds like... <laughs> he is. He's fascinating. <laughs> He's fascinating. Yeah, that's my day job. I, I I take people who are experts and help them become authorities and then thought leaders and grow their business using the, my experience as a speaker, as an author. Yeah. Um, and I know you've, you've talked about the Flatirons Jazz Orchestra. We'll get some, some information in the show notes uh, so that folks can see uh, where your regular gigs are and where they might see you in mm-hmm. the near future. Uh, I'd also love to point them to the, uh, a link of a video so they can see you playing. Uh, Flatironsjazzorchestra.com, just like it sounds. You go to, we have a channel on YouTube with 
a whole bunch of stuff. We just we just released a new CD. We're very proud of it. I'm holding it up here for the video camera. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we post our shows uh, regularly on on, on, the, on YouTube, so you can find us there. Uh, if you go to our website, flatironsjazzorchestra.com, look in the upper right corner for a big red subscribe button, and that'll take you a form for your email, and then we'll send you a notice and let you know when we're playing. Excellent. And I know if you're also interested in talking to Orville Ray about his day job, uh, they can reach out to you and get an, an hour of your time, a coaching session. How do they do that, Orville Ray? Yeah, I'll, I'll give anyone an hour just for asking. So uh, if right if on. you're a professional and, and you, 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 that book inside you is going to have to come out <laughs> or you've thought about you, you know using presentations or seminars or public speaking as a way to grow your practice, that's what I do. And if you just send me an email, O-R-V-E-L-R-A-Y, Orville Ray at gmail.com, and I'll get you on my calendar. I'd love to meet you. Lovely, generous offer. And I know I learn from you, Orville Ray, every time we talk. So take him up on that one. Orville Ray, you're really describing a safe place to bring your ideas, a safe place to learn in front of one another. How do you create that safe space? What allows for that? Well, you know, I, I mentioned this manifesto is one of the things that, that, that we're clear about is it's always about the music and it's never personal. And we're just, you know, we're, we're all just having fun. And if, and if it's not, if, if it's not fun for you, then let me know, you know, what's going on. Yeah. Uh, our, our music director, uh, Doug, he sometimes gets a little wound up and, will raise his voice, you know, sometimes. And, uh, and I have to take him aside and say, you know, listen, this is, this is a sacred space. This is a place where we come as artists yeah. to explore and try new things and take risks and, and make mistakes and learn and improve. And so you never raise your voice at anyone. You never, you know, be, you know, we, we, you require, I have to hold the example and, and maintain accountability for anyone who misspeaks or crosses that boundary and just remind them, you know, no, we, nice. we are all committed to this being a, a safe place. Yeah. And what's, what's interesting is that that same ethic carries over onto the stage. So when we're going to, you know, we do a show. Mm -hmm. Somebody misses an ending, or somebody misses a hits a bad note, or whatever. It's like okay, it's jazz. It's like, let it go. <laughs> as long as they're dancing, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, so we don't have to have a reaction to that while we're on yeah. stage, and yeah, being being watched, yeah. being listened to. Mm -hmm. Sure, you know, mistakes happen, and because of that, the quality of the performance that we get is. So much better because, you know, no, we don't have that performance anxiety going on. We don't, you know, people aren't worried about, oh my God, if I screw up, uh, you know, right? They're just like, hey, let's go, let's rock, let's, let's. Lovely, lovely. <laughs> so I'm play, you know, play yeah. your heart out. I don't care if the, I don't care if it's a bad note. Just play, as long as you play it like you mean it. <laughs> <laughs> play Nobody that bad note with confidence. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's supposed to be that way. <laughs> yeah. No, I love this. I, and, and, the and, jazz and, chord. 
And translating this to any work project or initiative, right? You're saying it's always about the music, right? So having people focused on what's the bigger picture purpose of what we're doing here, folks, right? What are we committed to? And then I'm hearing as the leader or as the project leader, right? Or whoever's the keeper of the culture, right? If someone exhibits a behavior, that could shut people down or could make them feel not safe, making sure that that's addressed, having that conversation with, with someone, right? Like, Hey, that's, mm -hmm. that's not what we're about here. And that could have some negative consequences on what we're doing and what we're trying to create here. Right. And because of this environment, we attract, you know, we attract some of the best players in the city. Yeah. You know, I, 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 our bass trombone player is working on his master's degree in trombone performance. He's going to wind up yeah. in, in some big city symphony orchestra one of these days. But give it a minute. got a master's degree in trombone, and he's showing up at, uh, at an event center to play for two and a half hours for 50 bucks just because he wants to be part of this thing. Yeah. And he wants to play this music with these people. Yeah. Because it's just so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's such a contrast to the environment of being in an orchestra where you've got a guy with a stick up front whacking everybody, you know, <laughs> literally. Uh, you, you know, they, they, they're, we're all there for the love of the music. Mm. And that shows up in the way that the art comes together. And so, Another principle here I would add to your list, maybe this is the most important idea of this conversation, is that the music is not the art. The organization mm. is the art. Mm. And it's alive and it's organic and it, you know, and it breathes and it moves and it feels and it requires constant attention and commitment. Mm. And it's, you know, it, it, it's harder to keep alive than tropical fish. <laughs> yeah, I the mean, the music I is really... a byproduct, but the band is the art. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm just hearing being really present and, and talking about the special thing that you're creating and doing together celebrate yeah. every every milestone right it's talk about hey we work together really well in these ways let's call that out how do we double down on that mm -hmm. excellent the organization is you know you, you, whatever business you're in you really as as cabinet robert used to say you really we're all in the people business yeah and your job is is not to you know move the boxes or build the product or process the claims your job is to keep your team together and keep them happy and to hold open a safe space for them to contribute in the best ways that they know how to recognize those people to have fun to give the trombone player the solo right let people yep. shine and have visibility yeah. right let them know the and applaud them literally when when they do yeah that's a great analogy one more question i think it builds on what we're talking about so you've got 18 folks or maybe more with your singer right uh, on mm -hmm. this in this orchestra 
And everybody's got, some of them might have different day jobs. We've got different phases of life. Um, work might get busy. There might be a new baby or grandbaby in the family. Like, how do you keep people interested and committed over time? Well, that's an interesting question. We have a number of players in the band now, nine years later, who were there at the beginning. Every time somebody leaves, there's somebody else standing in line often. And we have a list of people who, uh, you know, come to rehearse with us just so they can learn the music so that they can be first call if somebody's sick or whatever has a conflict or they're on vacation. And, and so FJO has really evolved into this kind of this community this constellation, you know, we kind of have our core players, but that creates this gravity well of, I, you know, I, I have a spreadsheet of more than 100 musicians wow. who in one capacity or another have kind of come through the band or come and go or they play in other groups or we trade music or whatever. So it's, it, it, it has it has evolved out into this this community network uh, that, that covers the whole music scene from one end of the state to the other. And that's really fun. <laughs> it's never quite the same twice. Always evolving. Yeah. There's a leadership development program that I lead and where we talk about, hey, all of you as people leaders, it's your job to continually attract and engage talent. Right. And mm -hmm. how do you do that in a way that leverage your strengths that feels appropriate to you, that feels aligned with your with your brand? So that's what I was thinking about when you're like, I've got this list of musicians. Right. We always want to have our eye out there. Right. Who who are the great people that have the great talents in our orbits uh, that we mm -hmm. might want and need to get involved in some way at some time? Orville Ray, you have shared so much great guidance uh, through this lens of leading the Flatirons Jazz Orchestra. Let me just recap some of this for our listeners. Giving an invitation, right? Sharing about what you're what you're doing so that you can find out who's interested, like you did with your open stage. You were really clear on the book, who you are and who you're not. Right. What mm -hmm. we're not going to be involved in, because we all know that scope creep can happen so easily. Check in with your customers from time to time. What kind of dance music do they want to hear? Right. What's working? Yeah. How could you work better with them? What's your one pager? Right. Expectations. Let's be clear about who we are, what we're up to, how we're going to work with one another. Giving visibility on the team to what different folks are working on. Give them ways to interact, encourage that crosstalk. That it's always about the music, right? It's we're not blaming people. We're looking at the process and the purpose, what we're up to, and address when folks are exhibiting behaviors that don't allow the space to be safe and collaborative. It's about the people. Recognize them, build them up, give them opportunities for visibility and know who, the, who are the next people that you're going to get involved. So much great guidance. Uh, I hope that many of our listeners take a listen to the Flatirons Jazz Orchestra. And thank you for sharing some of your expertise and experience with us today, Orville Ray. It's my pleasure, Amy. And if I could be of service to any of your listeners, 
just send me an email, Ray at gmail.com, and uh, we'll get you on my calendar. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, been a real pleasure. And thank you for that generous offer to the listeners. Thank you for listening to the Courage of a Leader podcast. If you'd like to further explore this episode's topic, please reach out to me through the Courage of a Leader website at www.courageofaleader.com. I'd love to hear from you. Please take the time to leave a review on iTunes. That helps us expand our reach and get more people fully stepping into their leadership potential. Until next time, be bold and be brave because you've got the courage of a leader.